All right, we have Brother Mike Keenan, and uh, he, he preached to the men last night and did a really good job. We appreciate that. Brother Mike and I go back a lot of years, uh, back in the days of Words for the World Baptist Ministries on the East Coast, and uh, he pastors on the east side of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area, the Williams, Caleb and Hannah, where are they? I know they, they probably know exactly where uh, Brother Keenan is, if he were to tell them the place, but um, he pastors out in that part of Pennsylvania. We were on the west side of Pennsylvania in the early 80s, but I uh, really appreciate him. He's been faithful for a lot of years, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing him uh, from him tonight as well with the graduation. But uh, about halfway through that message last night, the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, uh, have him preach this morning. So, so he's going to do that. And uh, Brother Keenan, you ready to go? Yes, sir. Amen. Hey, man, it's good to be saved. Man, I am out of my element. It is good to be in church. Hallelujah. Uh, you can take your Bibles. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 5. First of all, uh, Valley City's Baptist Church, I would like to just say something. Uh, you have a great testimony around the world as a very missions-minded church, and I offer you a high compliment. Uh, you faithful folks that are here all the time and faithful in your faith promise and your giving, uh, it has touched the world, and I praise the Lord for what you're doing. Also, I want to thank uh, Brother uh, DeMichael and Brother Gip for inviting me to come, and I thank the church for the real nice room. Uh, everything's wonderful, and I thank you very much. And I also share with you that uh, this is my first time in Idaho, so I don't speak Idaho, <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It really is. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Now, I don't know, you know, different parts of the country is different. I was uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, growing up, we had all different kinds of uh, nationalities. You know, I'm Irish. No Irish people here? But I mean, I went to, I went to private Catholic schools. There's a lot of Italians there. Any, any Italians? And then there was Polish people. I had a Polak teaching, I mean, a Polish guy teaching me in uh, Sunday school today. And then we had Germans, we had all, all different kinds of people. My daughter, she was teaching in a Christian school one time, and uh, she was having real trouble with the kids uh, spelling. So she's trying to get these kids interested in spelling. So she, she said, okay, boys, I want you to stand up, and I want you to tell us what your daddy does for a living and spell it. Well, this Irish kid jumps up, and he says, my daddy is a cop, C-O-P, and if my daddy was here today, he'd give everybody a shiny cop badge. Well, a German kid jumps up, and he says, my daddy is a banker, B-A-N-K-E-R, and if my daddy was here today, he'd give everybody a shiny silver dollar. Well, this Polish kid jumped up. Are y'all prejudiced? This Polish kid stands up and he says, my daddy is an electrician. L E. And teacher says, no, 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 no. It's electrician. Oh, oh. 
E-L-E-K. No, no, no. There's no K in there. E-L-E. This Italian kid in the back of the class jumps up. And he says, my daddy is a bookie. B-O-O-K-I-E. And if my daddy was here today, he'd give 10 to 1 odds that Pollock will never spell electrician. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Wolski. It's good to be in church, isn't it? It's good to be saved. I'll tell you, the Lord is good to us. I want to start in 1 John chapter 5. If you don't mind, and if you're able to, could we stand and honor the reading of the Word of God? 1 John chapter 5, I'm going to pick up in verse number 10. John chapter 5, verse number 10. The Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Father, we come in Jesus' name, and we thank you, and we praise you for salvation so rich and so free. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege we still have to gather together in freedom in the United States of America. Lord, our desire today is that we would honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and be a help to the children of God and reach out to the sinner, Father, that they might know that they can be saved by the grace of God. So, Lord, would you please help us this morning? And Father, we'll give the Lord Jesus Christ all the glory and all the honor, for it's in his precious name that we pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. What I want to do this morning is I'd like to preach you a message on the three wonders of eternal life. I believe my Bible just like you guys believe your Bible. I think it is a blessing to know that my God loves me in spite of myself, My God loves me in spite of my shortcomings, my failures, my mess-ups, my sins, and I know for sure that I'm going to heaven because I got born again March 20th, 1975. I thank God the good shepherd came looking for this lost sheep, brought me home, and it is wonderful to be saved. I am 69 years old today. I got saved when I was 22. I got no sad stories to tell. I just tell y'all I've lived a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life by the grace of God. Woo! The Lord is good. So what I want to do is I want to preach, number one, on the wonderful gift of salvation. It's a gift, but it's certainly not a bargain. I had a friend down in Austin, Texas. His name was Hank Thompson. He pastored up in Rifle, uh, Colorado. The Lord had really blessed him, blessed his church, saw a lot of people get saved. The town of Rifle was connected with some kind of a salt mine or something, Long story short, the town went bankrupt. People were moving out in droves, and the Lord led Brother Hank down to Austin. So a bunch of his folks went down with him. 
they were renting a Bible church on Sundays and they would meet real early in the morning before the Bible church met and then the Bible church didn't have Sunday night services, so they rented it for a few years. Well, people were getting saved. They were filling that building up. God was blessing them in a rich way. Well, eventually, the people in the Bible church, they were dwindling down to nothing. They gave Brother Hank and Capital City Baptist Church that building. That's a bargain. That's a bargain. You see, they could have paid for it. Salvation's not a bargain. You and I could never afford to pay for our salvation. There's just some things in life you could never hope to afford at any bargain price. My Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, for as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I think sometimes because we're but dust, we forget the real value of our salvation. Just what was really entailed in you and I getting saved. The Son of God, God gave his only begotten Son. The Lord Jesus Christ submitted himself to God the Father. God was manifest in the flesh, conceived by the Holy Ghost in a virgin's womb. Tempted in all points like you and I, and yet without sin. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And he who knew no sin, he became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God through him. They spit in his face. They plucked his beard out. They punched him. They humiliated him and stripped him down, tied him to that post, and beat him with that cat of nine tails. They drove that crown of thorns into his skull. They set that crown on his shoulder and led him up to Golgotha. He who knew no sin, the darling son of God, the creator of this universe, went to die for you and I. He laid down his life. They nailed him to that cross. And he hung on that cross in agony and shed his precious blood for you and I and gave up his, his life for you and I. No man killed him. He gave up his life. He committed his spirit into the Father's hands. His body went to that borrowed tomb and his soul went to hell for you and I. Three days and three nights he suffered eternal damnation for you and I. But on that third and glorious day, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. And he conquered the devil. Hallelujah. And then as if that wasn't good enough, he came looking for you and I. How wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. What a wonderful Savior. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye, through his poverty, might be rich. I'll tell you, when I got saved, it changed the whole course of my life. 22 years old, 
I mean to tell you, living ungodly and wicked and headed down a bad path. But he lifted me up and saved me by the grace of God. Set my feet on that solid rock, put a new song in my heart, and he has directed my path. And I praise his holy name. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this would be a great day to get saved. It is never too late. It is never too late. You know, some folks, I was a Catholic, so, you know, everything about the cross, I believed all that stuff in my head. The virgin birth, sinless life, dying on Calvary, coming up out of the grave. I believed all that. But, I mean, they taught you that, you know, you had to take the sacraments and you had to live a good life and you had to go to confession. You had to do all that stuff. And then you could never even know. And the best hope a Catholic had was to slide into purgatory for a few years, you know, until Mary came by and drug him out of there. People come to Christ and say, well, you know, I want to get saved, but I want to clean up my life a little bit. Well, you know, I, I need to start doing this. Or I need to stop. The, no, no, no. There's nothing you can do to get saved except repent of your sins and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Get born again. Hey, it is a gift. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I was in college in Biscayne, Florida, Catholic college. I was coming back from class. There's a couple guys at a picnic table, and I walked past them. I was about 19 years old. I walked past them, and I heard uh, suffering Messiah and reigning Messiah. That's all I heard. Just kept on. Got into so much trouble in two years in Miami that I moved back home and uh, went to Villanova, transferred. I was such a great student, I did the four-year program in five years. A man put a book in my hands. Now listen, my daddy was a very hard-working man. He's a body man, a body shop, and he built it up and made a lot of money. So I had an easy life. I had my first car when I was 15 years old. So I didn't know anything about, you know, poverty or anything like that. So I had it made. I mean, I had a nice car. I had my own apartment. I was going to school, working a job in a health club. But I'll tell you what, I didn't have any peace in my heart. Everything that devil told me and everything the world told me that would be good and happy and make you good, I tried it all. But I'm telling you, it did not fill that void that was in my heart. And that man put, some man put a book in my hand. It was Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth. And I read that book. Now listen, I knew the Lord came the first time, but I never heard anything about him coming a second time. And I didn't know nothing about all that prophecy stuff. And I'm reading that stuff, and it got my attention. And in his book, the best I can remember, he only said two things. He said that uh, if you don't know the Lord, uh, he said if you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord, you need to ask the Lord to come into your heart. That's what he said. I was laying on my sofa. I put that book on my chest. I folded my hands like a good Catholic, and I said, Dear Jesus, please come into my heart. Now, I was waiting for the ceiling to part and the angels to come down and the trumpets to blow. You said, what happened? Nothing. You said, you got saved. No, I did not get saved. I didn't. One morning I went and I opened up that spa and I put my hand on that door and I said, is this all there is to life? 
So uh, I ran the floor there and I took this kid around. He's 19 years old. I'm filling out his paperwork. I said, what kind of job you got? He said, I am a, uh, I'm a seminary student and I forget what denomination. I said, you're studying to be a preacher? He said, yeah. I said, hey, I was reading this book and it said I need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Can you show me how to do that? Guess what? He couldn't. Serious. He gave me a new American Standard New Testament. He underlined some verses in 1 John that I read 50 times and nothing. My boss was a Christian. I did not know that. He drank liquor. He chased women. But he had a friend. And he worked out with him early before the club opened up. Thursday night, March 20th, 1975, I came back from dinner and I walk up and there's the boss's friend, big guy, big bodybuilder, big guy. So I walk over to him. I said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm Mike Keenan. I know you know Bucky. I've seen you working out early. He goes, yeah, yeah, we're friends. And like this, we talk a couple minutes and he knows somebody I know and I know somebody he knows. And then he goes, Mike, do you know the Lord? I said, man, it's funny. You should ask me that question. I said, I was reading this book, and I said, this book said I need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. He goes, do you want me to show you what the Bible says? I said, yes. So uh, he takes me in my office, and he opens up the Bible, and of course, you know, he says, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? I had never read the Bible, but I did, for some reason, believe the Bible was the Word of God. So, of course, he takes me and he says, Mike, he said, the Bible says, he shows me Romans, all have sinned. All, you know what it is. So he looks at me and he says, are you a sinner? I said, oh, I said, I'm 22 years old. I know I'm a sinner. But he took me and he hung me out over a hell for 20 minutes. I could smell the smoke. I could feel the flames. I never listened to me as a lost Catholic kid. I didn't want to go to hell. He said, Mike, I got good news for you. And he took me up to Calvary. And the Holy Ghost illuminated my mind. I had already believed all that, but it got down into my heart. And I saw he died for me. And he paid my sin debt. So he goes, uh, you believe that? And I said, yeah. He says, you want to get saved? I said, Yes. He said, okay, go ahead and pray. I said, uh, the only way I know how to pray is Hail Marys and Our Fathers. And I said, I don't think that's going to work here. He said, you're right. He said, Mike, the best way you know how. Now, I don't remember. I do remember something saying, Lord, this guy showed me I'm going to hell and I don't want to go. And he said, if I'd ask you to save me, you would. Would you please save me? You said, what happened? Well, let me tell you what didn't happen. I didn't keel over unconscious. I didn't start babbling in some unknown jargon. I didn't see no visions of angels or 66 feet Jesuses. I'll tell you what did happen now. I got peace down in my heart. It was about 8 o'clock in the evening. I got off work at 10 o'clock. I was dating this little girl for two years. 
In those two years, I went through all that nonsense with dope and gurus and transcendental meditation, all that nonsense. So at 10 o'clock, I got off, got in my car. I went over to her apartment. I bang on the door, and she opens the door. She goes, what are you doing here? I said, guess what happened to me? She goes, what? I said, I got saved. She said, you what? I said, I got saved. I'm going to heaven. And I said, if you don't get saved, you're going to burn in hell. She goes, I don't even want to hear it. Three weeks later, she got saved. If we both live to June 14th, we'll be married 47 years. Nine healthy children, two on the other side, 20 grandchildren, hallelujah. The wonderful gift of salvation. My second point is the wonderful birth of salvation. I am thankful for the family. I was telling the guys last night, my daddy was a Marine. He, he served in Korea. My daddy was a disciplinarian. Uh, there was three of us boys, four girls. Daddy taught us guys to be men. He taught us how to work. He taught us how to accept responsibility. Daddy whipped the fire out of us when we were naughty and mom was right behind him on all that. They put a lot of character into us. They put a lot of discipline. Listen to me, when I got saved, I had a lot of bad habits. But one of the things that I had is I had some character and I had some discipline in my life that God, listen, when you get saved, that doesn't give you character. That gives you salvation. Getting saved doesn't give you discipline. It gives you a free gift. And I thank God for parents that put some character and discipline down. Hey, you parents, you better take the time and put some discipline and character into those children. I didn't get a whole lot of amens there. Amen, Brother Keenan, that's good preaching, amen. Uh, you don't have to amen me, I amen myself. Yeah. And, I'm, and I want to tell you something, I am... Very happy that I was born a man. And I have never wondered if I was a man. And I would hope that all you ladies would be glad and that you were born a lady. Are we okay here? Amen. I'm glad I'm not an animal. Especially a deer. I mean, guys pick up bazookas and trying to shoot those suckers every hunting season. Land of motion. Birth. It's a universal experience. Well, obviously, you wouldn't be here if you didn't experience it. No one is in heaven during this time unless they are born again by the Holy Ghost of God. The birth, every birth, involves a kingdom. I think the science book tells us there's the mineral, vegetable, animal, kingdom of man. The Bible teaches us in kingdom of God. And birth determines what kingdom you're in. Are you with me? We raised German shepherd dogs. I love German shepherd dogs. You know why they were German shepherd dogs? Because they were born German shepherd dogs. They stayed German shepherd dogs because they were born German shepherd dogs. Okay? And nothing can change your kingdom unless you're born again. Pilate said to our Lord in John 19, whence art thou? Because he said he was the son of God. You see, your birth 
determines your nature. Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7 teaches us a lot about man's nature. Listen, guys, you know as well as I do, man's problem in this life is not his conduct. Yes, we preach against bad conduct, but man's problem is his nature. He has a sinful nature. Those precious babies come into this world speaking lies because they have a sinful nature. Man. So, how does God change us? Well, when you get saved, he gives you a new nature. It's by a spiritual birth. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Let me, let me read your verse. This is John chapter 1. You all are familiar with it. This is verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's a super natural birth. Supernatural. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So your birth determines your nature. But then your nature by birth determines three different things. Your birth determines your nature. Your nature determines your appetites. My ex Here's my illustration. An eagle is up high in the sky flying around. Sees a rabbit running across the field. He dive bombs it, takes it, has dinner. When he was flying up in the sky, was he thinking, I wonder if I like rabbit. <laughs> no, it's in his nature, Right? You throw a chicken leg in a parakeet's cage, that sucker will die of starvation because it's not in his nature to eat that. Your nature determines. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Okay, I left home at 17 to go to college. Daddy took us to church every Sunday. You did not miss church. As soon as I got to college, guess the first thing I stopped doing? Going to church. So the only time from 17 to 22 that I darkened the doors of a church was a wedding or a funeral. I got saved on a Thursday. In fact, it was the Thursday before Easter Sunday. That Friday, I went to work. My boss found out I got saved. He asked me, he said, Mike, did you get saved? I said, I sure did. He said, well, I'm a Christian. I go, you're a Christian? <laughs> I did. Oh, I got, I'll tell you more about that. I was, uh, so my boss goes, look, we're closing from 12 to 3. Remember when they used to do that in America? Well, he said, we're closing 12 to 3. And he says, I'm going to church. Do you want to go with me? I said this. I said, is your church going to preach the Bible? He said, yes. I said, I'll go with you. I wasn't saved 24 hours. I hadn't been to church in five years. But buddy, there's a new appetite because I had a new nature. Amen? We doing okay? You know, 
I've been to church services, and the singing's been good, the fellowship's been good, the specials are good, the preaching has been right on. Man, you get out there and you go, oh, that's good service. And then some other guy goes, I didn't get anything out of that. Wrong nature. You know one of the problems with independent Baptist churches across America? A lot of lost members. Hey, your little prayer isn't going to do it. If there's never been a change, I'm telling, are y'all with me? I believe that Bible, buddy. That book, that changed. Uh, Brother Bob, after I got saved, he said, Mike, you ought to get a Bible. I said, he said, do you got one? I said, no, I don't have a Bible. I said, do I just walk into the store and say, give me a Bible? He goes, oh, no, there's all kinds. I said, well, what should I get? He, and so he says, well, he said, over at our church, we, and so, listen to me. He could have told me to go get peanuts and Sally Star, and I would have got it. I said, look, let me write it down. So he said, okay. He said, we use the King James Version. He said, we use the Schofield Bible. So I walked into the bookstore, and I put that piece of paper down. I go, I want that. She goes, what's that? I said, I don't know, but it's a Bible. I want that one. My big decision was, was I going to get a blue one or a black one? Yeah. I said, why? I took that thing home. Man, I laid it on that coffee table. That's the word of God. Changed my life. It's changed my life. I want to I say something. If you don't really thrive on and hunger after the things of God, you just have to wonder, are you really saved? You know, some people, when they first get saved, my wife is an example. Nan, understand this, okay? We lived wicked. And I, 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 listen, I didn't get rid of all my sins overnight or anything like that, all my bad habits. But, buddy, there's a change in me. And she started going to church with me because I went and the Holy Ghost started dealing with her heart. And uh, one Sunday morning, she was under conviction, but she was too scared to go forward. So she uh, left, and she was alone, and she said, Lord, whatever you did for Mike, would you do that for me? Well, you know, she saved a little while, and she thinks, well, I didn't pray the right prayer. I didn't say the right words. I wasn't in the right place. But I mean, after she nailed that down, after a few months, she was fine. I'm talking about somebody that says that they've been saved for years and years and just are always having questions about it. That Holy Ghost bears witness in our heart that we're the children of God. Now, I've wondered when many times why God would save a wretch like me, but I've never wondered that if I'm saved. I want to make sure you get that right nature. The birth gives you your nature. Your nature gives you your appetites. Your appetites, we talked about that book, Good Preaching, but it also, that nature determines your associations. Uh, I never hunted as a kid, but I had six boys, and I didn't want them to do the things I did as a teenager, so we got into hunting and fishing and that kind of stuff. So... I ask you hunters, did you ever see a flock of turkeys in the woods and there was an eagle amongst them? Well, why don't eagles and turkeys hang together? 
Are they prejudiced? It's not in their nature. It's not their associations. I want to ask you a question. Listen, show me your friends, and I'll read your pedigree. Say amen. My daddy was a man's man. Do you all know what I mean by that? I love my dad. I met Brother Jack Wood. Brother Jack Wood is an old Houston Texan cowboy. Uh, preacher gave me Brother Jack's messages the first time he preached at Dr. Ruckman's. But he was rough as a night in jail to those guys down there. And the Lord spoke to my heart. Long story short, Brother Jack came up and preached the meeting for me. I had never met him. He had never met me. And that week he stayed in my house and God, God put me as a son to him as my spiritual father. And you know what I met? I met a man's man who loved God. And it helped me. It helped me. You know, the world, you know the world has a picture of a Christian being a sissy. Well, there's no truth to that. Real men, real Christians are real men. Amen. You know, I love my blood family. Uh, my mom got saved before she died. My brothers and sisters are not saved. They have not gotten saved. I'm with them five minutes or we run out of things to talk about. But I'll go to a meeting and I'll meet somebody I've never met before. Inside of two days, we're close friends. And after that week, we're friends forever. So what is that? That new birth gave me a new nature. Changed my life. I can remember, I told you I worked in a health club and uh, I had my own apartment. And so in my apartment, I needed paper towels. I needed uh, toilet paper and I needed soap. And they just happened to have those things at the health club. And so I thought one of my fringe benefits of working and doing so much for that company was uh, to take some, steal some. Of course, I wasn't stealing in those days, just taking it. And I remember that first time after I got saved, I ran out of soap and I ran out of paper towels and I ran out of toilet paper and I had my little gym bag. And so I went back to the supply closet and I start filling up that gym bag and this still small voice goes you're stealing I go no 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 I do this all the time <laughs> you're still stealing I go I am so I told Nan I complained to Nan I have to start buying my own toilet paper now are y'all with me? How you get saved, there will be some things in your life you want to put off. And there's some other things that you ought to want to put on. Yeah, talking about that nature. Yeah, I like, I like your pastor, he's a man's man. He's, he's one of my heroes. He's a hockey goalie. Uh, we played, I didn't play uh, organized hockey like him. I played down on the pond with the kids. And they still whoop me. You know, you watch young people in the church. You know, and they dress right and they talk right. But let a rebel walk in the front door. And they just flock to him like it's a magnet. Wrong nature. 
Show me your friends. I'll read your pedigree. You know, you can want to enjoy church and you can want to enjoy preaching and you can want to enjoy being a Christian. But unless you get born again, you're not going to. The third thing that your nature determines is your environment. Eagles fly way up in the sky. Turkeys are down on the ground. Fish, they do pretty good in water, don't they? I wouldn't do very good there. First time I walked into church, I, 1975, 1975 is when I got saved. I told you I was a hippie. I'm not bragging about it, okay? Any idiot can grow their hair long and wear weird clothes, okay? So daddy and mom always taught me you wear your best clothes to go to church. So Bob had invited me to go to church, so I told Nana I was going to church, and so I did. So I put on my best clothes. Are you all ready? 1975, some of you folks will remember this. I had canary yellow pants, the real baggy ones with the cuffs about that big. I had white and brown platform high heel shoes. You all remember that? I had a cute baby blue frilly muscle shirt. <laughs> That's all I had. I just got saved. Don't judge me. <laughs> Man, she's dressed, you know, the way she was dressed. And we walked into church, Bible Baptist Church, Westchester, Pennsylvania. Man, look at all these weirdos. Guys are in suits and ties. They were all in the military. Women all had dresses and everything. I said, whoa, there's a bunch of weirdos here, man. So uh, we get in there. I've, look at me. I was a Catholic. It was a sin to go to a Protestant church. I would never went to a Protestant church. I went to a Jewish synagogue one time because my friend was having his bar mitzvah, and I got permission from the priest to go. So they started singing. Any converted Catholics here? You know, any song service, it was like a funeral pall. Well, they cranked up the music in that church, and these people started singing like they were glad to be singing. I mean, they were shouting it out. Man, I don't remember a whole lot from yesterday, but I can remember 47 years ago, the very first song they sang when I was in that church service was Redeemed. I didn't sing one part of the first verse. The second verse, I'm trying to follow along and by the third verse, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Buddy, before the third, third, fourth verse ended, I was sort of singing out a little bit. I found my crowd. I remember that preacher got up. He was preaching out of Titus that Sunday morning. Had my brand new Bible there, sitting next to my girlfriend, and I just got saved. She's lost. He's up there in Titus, and buddy, he starts shucking the corn. You never heard a priest. He was always like that. Son. This guy starts shucking the corn. He's there, and their mouths must be shut, and their mouths must be shut. And I leaned over to Nan and said, don't talk to nobody. <laughs> buddy, he preached with authority. 
I like that. So it's, he, they finish up. I'm heading out. This little short, fat, bald Italian guy comes up. Chuck DeSabato. He comes up. Hey, grabs my hand. I'm Chuck DeSabato. Who are you? I said, I'm Mike Keenan. He goes, it was so good to have you here tonight. Man, that was good to have you. He said, you coming back tonight? I go, tonight? <laughs> he said, yeah, tonight. I said, what's tonight? You know, a Catholic, if they get you once a Sunday, they were happy. He goes, we're having church tonight. I said, are y'all going to sing like you did? He goes, yeah. I said, is that guy going to get up and shout and scream like he did? He said, yeah. I said, I'll be here. <laughs> hey, they didn't have to offer me a hot dog or a silver dollar. But I had a new nature. I had a new appetite. I had new associations. I wanted to be in a new environment. Listen, I'll share, I'll share something with you. Nan got saved. And uh, so we went to church Sunday. Now, she's just saved a week. I'm saved four weeks. Our friends invited us to a party Sunday night. We leave church, drive over to my friend's apartment, get out of the car, start walking up the steps. Am I allowed to do this? Start walking up the steps. There's going to be dope there. There's going to be liquor there. There's going to be rock music there. I'm saved four weeks. She saved one week. I haven't heard any preaching against nothing. And we're halfway up those steps. And I go, Nan. She goes, what? I said, for some reason, I don't think we ought to be going here. She goes, I don't think we should either. I said, let's go get some ice cream. The grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Because I got a new nature. It's a holy nature. That is a holy book. That is the Holy Spirit inside of us. Are we okay? Wonderful, eternal life. Aren't you glad you're saved? Aren't you glad you got a good church? I mean, we're in Idaho. I'm not guessing good Bible-believing churches are just all over the place. Not a preacher who loves you, preaches to you, prays for you. Man, we've been blessed, guys. New environment. New environment. You know what? If you're truly born again, and you get out of the right environment, you get away from the right associates and you stop eating the right food, you're going to be one miserable person. The birth. There's no past. You know, if the law came looking for a murderer, you know where they wouldn't look? Wouldn't be looking in the nursery. No past. Thank God. You ask me why I'm happy, well, I'll just tell you why, because my sins are gone under the blood. Don't worry, I ain't singing no more. You know, I noticed, I noticed you go to these meetings, and the guys who could play and sing, they always got bigger offerings. So I tried that. Guy takes me, Matt, he takes me aside after the service. He said, Keenan, we'll give you a good offering if you stop singing. 
So I did. Birth is complete. You know, when I got born, I didn't have to go back to the hospital and get some new parts or extra parts. When you get saved, okay, you got it all. Now listen, there's growing that we need to do. There's putting off that we need to do. There's putting on that we need to do. But you got it. Hallelujah. Hey, can I say something else? Birth is irreversible. You can die. I hope we go in the rapture. But you will die if you don't get in the rapture. But you can't be unborn. You know, these people think you can lose your salvation. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. I don't know. It's just, it's irreversible. My third point, my last point, I'll finish up here, is the wonderful person of salvation. Second Corinthians, if any man be in, in Christ. In Christ. On that cross, my Lord bore the sins of the whole world. I believe five-point Calvinism is a damnable doctrine. I believe it's right out of the pit of hell. My Lord died for the sins of the world. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, what I would like to do is a little bit, I might be a little bit hindered here. My Lord, the Lord of glory, he took off that, oh, oh, it's clipped. Okay, what my Lord did is he took off his robe of righteousness and he put on my filthy and your filthy rotten sins. And he bore those sins to Calvary and he died for you and I. Shed his precious blood. He was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then he came to you and I that was clothed and that filthy unrighteousness. And he offered to clothe us in his righteousness. That's a pretty good deal. He's a wonderful, wonderful Savior. The Lamb of, the Lamb of God was slain. Sinless blood. God's blood is precious blood. And it was the only acceptable sacrifice that a holy God would accept for wicked man's sins. And our Lord cried, it is finished. The debt was paid. And he offers it to you. Come unto me. Come unto me. The church cries, come unto me. Us Christians. Before I close, I want to say this, and I hope you take it as a challenge. That fountain was just bubbling up in my heart. I didn't know nothing. Listen, if they said John 3.16, I wouldn't know what it was. I didn't know anything. But I knew that I got saved. And I knew other people needed to get saved. And I started just telling everybody. I worked in that health club. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays was men's day. 350 men came in there. I knew them all on a first name basis. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday was ladies' days. I worked Wednesday and Monday nights, so I knew some of the women. And then Saturday and Sunday, they split. I knew a lot of people. 
And I started telling them about the Lord. There was a, there was a cook, the Lena. She, she adopted me. She was a black lady, a little short, fat black lady. She was a wonderful lady. And she sort of adopted me as her ch- blue-eyed, blonde-haired child. I said, Lena, guess what happened to me? She said, what, Mike? I said, I got saved. She said, well, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. I heard her say some things about the Lord, but it wasn't praising him. She could cuss like a sailor. And she had never witnessed to me. There's some folks who ran the juice bar there. And I started witnessing them. They were members at the Baptist church down the street. They had never witnessed to me. Come to tell, there were scores and scores of people knew me on a first-name basis. They never gave me a track. They never invited me to church. They never told me about the Lord. I call them camouflage Christians. And I told the Lord, I don't want to be like that. I want everybody to know the good news as best as I can do it. And it's not a burden. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to tell somebody. Now, listen to me. We don't need to be rude. We don't need to be arrogant. We don't need to be. They wondered at our Lord's gracious words. We can be gracious, but we ought to give them the good news. Wonderful, wonderful, eternal life. A wonderful gift, a wonderful birth, and a wonderful person. I'd like to close with this thought. I preach a little bit around. You know what I have found? The problem in most churches? Saved people don't have a close, intimate, fervent, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I didn't say you're not saved. The day I married my wife, I was in love. She agreed to marry me, and I married her. But after 47 years, my love for that woman is way, way, way deeper, way, way more fervent, way, way more personal than the day we were at the altar. That night that I got saved, I fell in love with the Lord. But I'm telling you, my relationship with him is way, way deeper, way, way more fervent, way, way more personal. Guys, we only have one life. It'll soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. We ought to redeem the time by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I come in Jesus' name, and I again thank you for the privilege to stand behind this pulpit and preach to these precious people. Lord, my heart's desire is that if there's a sinner here lost and without God this morning, that the Holy Ghost would draw him to you, Lord, and They'd repent and trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And Lord, I pray for the saved folks that they would be encouraged and blessed and they'd have a desire to draw closer to you. And Lord, the only invitation that I know how to give is if the Holy Ghost spoke to people's hearts. I pray they would respond in turn, Lord, and they'd do business with you this morning. And Father, we thank you and we praise you for salvation so rich and so free. We thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for this great church. We thank you for your goodness, and we pray in Jesus' name.
And I turn the invitation over to the preacher. Lord bless you all. Number 241, if you would. Two, four, one. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, may. attitude and spirit of prayer for a few moments as the instruments play a lot of gospel there a lot about being saved and there might be somebody here in the room or maybe looking in live stream and something spoke to your heart say I've not been born again I've not been saved and I want to get it taken care of if you're here and you would like Just step out into the aisle, come forward. We'll have somebody take a Bible and answer any question you have and help you come to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Perhaps you're looking in online. Or perhaps you just can't bring yourself to come down the aisle for whatever reason. But you know you need what this man preached about this morning. You know you need that. If you're willing to come to God on his terms, by faith, he'll do business with you. you got to admit you're a sinner. you got to admit you have that need to be saved. You've broken the law of a holy God. You've offended him. And those sins have to be paid for. And Jesus Christ is the gift that the preacher talked about this morning. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God offers you the gift of eternal life, and it's packaged up in His Son, Jesus Christ. If you'll receive His Son as your Savior from sin, you'll receive eternal life. By faith. By faith. Heavenly Father, speak to each within earshot here, however that happens to be that doesn't know you, Lord. May may these words, may this experience, may this time just continue to follow them from this place going forward if they don't respond now. And Father, give them the courage to respond. Help them know you're willing to save them. Father, for those of us that know you, help us to leave this place with more fervency about telling others. Father, sometimes we get lazy about it. Sometimes we just draw accustomed to the idea that we're saved. And listening to this preacher talking about being a a babe in Christ, it brings back memories, Lord. Help us, Lord. May it be fresh in our hearts and minds. And 
right on the tip of our tongue to tell others about Christ. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Jesus, what a strength and weakness. Jesus, what a strength in weakness. Let me hide myself in him. Tempted, tried, and sometimes failing. He, my strength, my I do now receive him more than all in thee, my fine, for he has granted me forgiveness. I am his and he is mine. I 